Hello, and welcome back to this episode of The Lorgoifs. I'm one of your hosts, Michelle. I'm Justin. I'm A.E. Me amo, Bob. Oh, Bob, you're back. Welcome back, Bob. Welcome back, Bob. You've been gone for so long. I heard you went down south, across the border, to the land of infinite magic in Spanish and churros. And churros. And tacos. Oh, Oh, so much good food. So much food. So much good magic. How long were you there for? Eight days. Sweet. Three days for magic. Five days for churros. That seems about like the appropriate ratio to me. I mean, I'm sure other people would disagree. Like A.E., who who doesn't have... Why would you ever eat? But anyways, (laughs) moving on, uh, we want to thank our lovely patrons. Um, This week's winner for the foil card is Frang... His Tim. <laughs> Frank Sanity just won Tim. Oh my god, this contest is insane. Tim, our Sanity is fraying. Tim, congratulations, your Sanity is now fraying. Oh my god. I, I wrote the card name, and as you can probably guess, this was very intuitive for me. And I wrote the flavor text, quote, those wound tightest are first to unravel. And uh, this is a self-portrait of me on the card art. So congratulations, Tim. We'll send this to you eventually. We are a little bit slow with this, but we... Uh, we did successfully sign Muldrotha's card, and not only that, Michelle's cat signed it with snot, just snotted all so over it's the card. Extra bonus that we cleaned off. Yeah, we cleaned <laughs> off, but it was definitely slotted full on the card. She signed the sleeve. She okay. signed the Thanks, sleeve. Card was, Kingdom, for providing awesome <laughs> sleeves to us. Yes, thank you so much, Card Kingdom, for being our sponsor and for protecting all of our wonderful magic cards. From my cat's not. That's if, right. If you're looking to buy magic signals, please use our affiliate link, cardkingdom.com slash the There are so many products that they sell that have helped my card collection withstand the various bodily fluids that my cats have excreted. Just everywhere. <laughs> Just everywhere. There was also one situation. Feline snot whirler. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. That's not. Deal one. Not when wrong it, and when I she ETBs. When she ETBs, like. Deal one snot damage or like put snot counters on all all of your opponent's creatures. But enough about snot. Let's get <laughs> to the <reach>. story. <laughs> it has reach. Yeah, it definitely has reach. Michelle, what is the story title this week? Yeah, speaking of things that are back, uh, Magic Story is back. And the story title for this week by the wonderful Nikki Dryden is Under the Cover of Fog. Sounds like a romance to me. Sounds like a mystery novel of... Film noir. Let's find out which. Yes. Merritt, a covert agent from the Demir, labors down at the docks of Ravnica with his shirt open and his surveillance <laughs> fly friend. As he pops, <laughs> using a crowbar, he pops open crates for the fly to log its contents. He reflects upon how easily it would be to sneak a bottle of expensive whiskey to his true love. I mean to sell. Maybe just once to get some extra food on the table. However, his fly whistles a warning as he pops open the bottle back in the crate. Oh, come on, Spyfly. I said, come on, Spyfly. <laughs> it was just a bottle of Buttress South whiskey. Enchanted for the perfect proof. Aged in casks made from stolen conclave soul and spiced with the dissolved hair of Firemane Angel. Bittered with the crocodile tears of an Azorius senator. He would fetch a, a small fortune. Says the fly. Hey, Merritt! Grimly Wothis booms, a giant mentor who is totally not shady as heck. You're my last resort, and if anyone here were stronger, more skillful, or better looking, I would choose them. 
No offense, I've got to impress this investor. Um, I'm not too great at that, says Merritt. That's why I said last resort, but no hard feelings, you big failure. Grimbly slaps him on the back. Now come on and help me show the harbor off. Merritt clears the harbor of fog as best he can, but only manages to go through half of it. He reveals a suspicious seashell spiral simic ship. Who wrote that as a monster? <laughs> With the mist gone, it has to readjust its camouflage. Merritt, why'd you go exposing our customers? That's bad for business. But you said... I'm docking our pay. Get it? Docking? Ha. Because we're on a... Anyway, uh, but no hard feelings, right? <sighs> Merritt trudges home to his adorable but very hungry and very poor family in Keyhole Village. Desperate, Merritt tries to steal food from the market the next day, but the rakish scars on his face mark him as a romance lead and also the shady sort, and he is discreetly pushed out. However, Grimbley's apartment is nearby, and he seizes this opportunity to leap in through the balcony and sneak into his boss's home. He has his doubts. What thief doesn't? And these are imprinted in his mind that he may not be demure material. But Merritt's family has a proud tradition of sneaking, robbing, and skullduggery. It's night, and he is able to pick up a loaf of bread for his family and something extra. An elixir of focus. As he catches a couple of drops of elixir on his tongue, he's startled by a noise, spilling the rest of the elixir all over his face. Grimly! How grimly! I had the worst nightmare! Oh! A lady minotaur in a nightgown and rollers bursts out of her bedroom, dramatically posing in the moonlight as she sachets toward the kitchen, completely oblivious to Merritt's presence. How grimly! If only you were here to witness my melancholy! Oh! Pressing her hand to her forehead, she uses her other to wrench open an icebox and pull out an alfalfa-flavored carton of Benjik and Wojeris. She throws the top off the pint of ice cream, digging in with a large spoon and tearfully taking a bite. So many lonely nights, Grimbley. Oh, what if someone were here to, to ravish me? Oh, the indignity. The passion! She whirls around to look at where Merritt is, but he's already feeling the effects of the elixir. Not in the ravishing mood, he frantically works an invisibility spell and leaves a stress-eating Mrs. Wothis behind. The next day, Merritt's increased focus ratchets his magical strength to 11, and he accidentally crushes an entire shipment of expensive whiskey! <laughs> How could you be so careless? Spyfly says. Merritt rushes back home, intending to pack his family and run, but he realizes that his baby son has eaten a piece of the bread he brought home, a piece that was <gasps> covered in elixir. Jack Jack! Merrick splutters. Tashi, his wife, beams. Look how healthy he is now. He's amazing. Jack Jack sneezes, and all the candles in the house burst into flame. Grimbly Wothis himself burst through the front door. You'll need to pay for that whiskey. The Minotaur rumbles. And looking at that baby, yes. I think I'll take a magical baby as payment. No! Merritt and Tashi cry together. But their weakened, starved, emaciated, but still strangely attractive <laughs> bodies are no match for the bulky, robust, 
front cover minotaur. <laughs> Grimly swipes the baby into his arm, and he brutally kicks the family out of his way as he tries to negotiate through the door. But with a poof, the crying baby disappears and reappears on the carpet with a piece of fruit. Merit, did you just steal a baby that I had rightfully stolen? The baby begins to crawl toward a shadow in the corner, a shadow filled with mystery and magic that could only be Lazav, the guildmaster of House Demir. He picks up the baby and stares at Grimbley with dark, smoldering eyes. Your payment will be there in the morning, Mr. Worthis. Lazav says, Now leave and never come back. Who the hell do you think you are? Grimbley says, Lazav looks up and whispers coldly, No one and everyone. Now get out. Grimbley leaves, and Merritt turns to Lazav. You, you won't take Jack-Jack either. I won't let you, he says, knowing it's certain death to argue with the guildmaster. No, you will keep him. He will be an astounding member of House Demir when he reaches the right age. Lazav replies, We will take care of him. And you, now, hush. The world spins, and suddenly Merritt and everyone is happy. There are no sinister guildmasters in sight, only the trustworthy great Aunt B, sitting in the corner with Jack-Jack. Everyone smiles. And who said House Demir doesn't have good benefits? Auntie Lazav says, under her slash his breath. Nice. So was it a romance or was it a mystery? Oh, boy. Um, Maybe a little of both. (laughs) (laughs) A poor Mrs. Wolfis. It seems like Grimbley is maybe not the most attentive husband. (laughs) She's, you know, flouncing out of her bedroom every night, eating, stress-eating alfalfa ice cream. Oh, the breakfast of champions. (laughs) Ice cream is not for breakfast. (laughs) Hey, I'm an adult. You're not the boss of me. I'm an adult. Being an adult means that I get to decide. I'm a grown-ass man. You can't tell me what to do. (laughs) So there was an article that came out earlier this week that talked a little bit about the way Ravnico's story was going to go down. And so these stories that we'll be covering from week to week will definitely be in Ravnica, but are going to be focusing more on the small folk of Ravnica rather than the, you know, the Gatewatch plot line that we've all been very accustomed to at this point. So I have opinions about this. How, how does everyone else feel about this event? I actually so? don't mind it. I, I think this is a great opportunity to build story, to build new characters, knowing that we're still going to get what was promised later. Knowing that that's still coming, I, I have no qualms with it. I'm actually excited to hear about the Society of Ravnica. How about you, Justin? I think given the flavor of this set, generally coming back, back to Ravnica, I think this is a perfect time to really highlight the regular characters and the regular people of Ravnica and a huge breath of fresh air compared to the, the main storyline. It's, it's a, a wonderful little tangent that gives us more depth and more understanding of what the day-to-day lives of citizens of Ravnica look like. Um, for me, I, I really do like the tangents that we're taking, if only because Ravnica is a huge plane, and we've always known it to be a massive plane filled with complex intersecting loyalties and politics. Being very much like an urban person, um, I know that living in a city can be pretty complicated and having a plane that kind of reflects that is super cool. What I do like about the book situation is that oftentimes um, we are 
cram we we kind of can feel like when we read a lot of magic story that people are cramming as much as they can into a certain set number of stories and they could only be so long so having the freedom to actually publish a couple of novels so that way we can see the story unfold uh properly and given the proper amount of space and energy to do so um is really nice what is unfortunate is the fact that there is a bit of a paywall it's eight bucks which i mean like you know, nowadays, every every book out there costs money because publishing. But overall, I think it is a, a move in the right direction. I hope eventually, hopefully. Well, as far as these vignettes, one shot stories, I'm all for them for a few reasons. One, uh, these self-contained stories allow the writer more control over the narrative and allow them to spin a more focused short story. Usually what we get is something like an episode from a TV show, that sort of narrative where there's a continuing story, we're tracking a lot of characters, but here what we're seeing is a is a very well-crafted self-contained story. In fact, my previous favorite stories were often these same ones. From the Shadows of Innistrad, I really like the Gitrog Monster story, I really like the I Am Avison story, and they both kind of counted as these interlude stories. And what we're seeing here is a story which enmeshes you in the rank and file within a guild. And that's something that's exactly the goal of what franchise team might be to help people identify with a certain guild. Now, hopefully, if you're in Demir, you're a little bit more competent. Merritt, <laughs> he almost got himself killed. Multiple times. By I mean, the Demir is not one for uh, forgiving incompetence. So he, when he said, oh, they might disappear me now, he was probably very correct. Like I'm surprised they gave him a latitude in terms of kind of letting a, uh, a bumbling idiot <laughs> work with their spy flies. But uh, one thing I do want to comment on specifically is you give you a great idea of the feel of the Demir Guild. Not only are these, is he terrified of disappointing them, but Lazav comes in at the end, changes everyone's mind. You can just see how powerful it is. It casts the Demir in a very impressive light. We get to see the power of Lazav. He looks like a badass. And I, I, I don't know about you, but didn't get to, to fully appreciate how much of a badass Lazav is until this moment. Yeah, totally. It was very much a Deus Ex or Lazav Ex Machina kind of a situation, right? This particular story really did seem um, like a real slice out of life. I think earlier we were talking a little bit about how in some ways it reminds me of like Les Mis, um, <laughs> which, you know, it, it is it is a story that does take place in Paris. It's a place where there is abject poverty. And I appreciate the fact that the storytelling team is not shying away from the realities of living in a place like Ravnica. We've known for a while that, you know, pl- places like the Orzov and the Azorius and other guilds, like there can be a, a lot of bounty and a lot of riches, but there also can be the guildless. There also can be like the foot soldiers of these particular guilds and um, the way that they have to live. Like the fact that House Demir actually employs someone who is so impoverished came as a little bit of a surprise to me because, you know, we always, we see them in their rakishly awesome leather coats and are just like, oh, they must be pretty, pretty baller. But it makes sense though, when you think about it, that they would want to have eyes everywhere, even in the lowest parts of the city. We don't really know what Merit's involvement in Demir really is yet. I mean, he could just be some random person on the payroll, right? So we've got this obvious syndicate guy. Uh, Sorry, not syndicate as the Orzhov, but syndicate as a a gangster. Is this minotaur who's definitely running some sort of illegal smuggling smuggling operation here. They might just have merit as the inside guy to this organization. Like, it's a simple, easy character draw. It benefits the Demir. No time in this point does, like... 
we do we know that the Minotaur knows that Merit is Demir. He just thinks he's a... A bumbling a, idiot. <laughs> a, a bumbling idiot that knows some magic. <laughs> that he can run for a fool. Yeah, and it is it is kind of nice to know that even within House Demir, there can be some more... That, that they, you know, not everyone in there is like James Bond slash Mr. and Mrs. Smith situation. You know, it's not... It's not like a, a guild entirely made of like Lazovs and people. And yet we, he did have the fundamental Demir abilities in terms of uh, he made himself inconspicuous. He was trying to manipulate memories and causing uh, nightmares, causing nightmares. Yeah. Manipulating fog. Those are all kind of uh, things associated with the Demir magic. So you, you get a taste of that. I'm surprised he lasted as long as he did in the organization. But I don't want to gloss over the fact that author uh, Nikki Drayden did an exceptional job of this short story. I felt that was very well crafted. It begins with pathos. It has some humor. We have a lot of sympathy factors for the main character and a twist ending. That's It's really hard to ask for much more than that. And I think the fact that this was a one-shot allowed a lot of that ability for her to craft very specific and highly tuned narrative yeah from the the fog in the harbor and the the simic ship in the harbor being exposed and the merfolk closing the curtains <laughs> suddenly yeah. Yeah, that actually didn't happen the, the closing curtains part but like just just all of the little details that went into the story and the line of the story it really gave me a sense of what it's like for one of the lower people that are in House Demir, and just the contrast between the the Minotaur's homestead and how the ceramic tile uh, is is so expensive, and this expensive um, concentration potion, and even these exquisite ingredients that Mrs. Gimli is making while... uh, Mrs. Wathis? Yes, Mrs. Wathis is making while uh, she's looking for a midnight snack compared to just the rackety shack with his starving family. It's just the weaving of, of that in there is also very illuminating. I love the story. Oh, it reads so well. Yeah, so the flow is good too. Really good. I think that the only critique that I would have is that the names do not sound Eastern European. And I, I suppose that's something maybe that's a quibble, but, uh, you know, when, when we look at Ravnica, we look at the the names of the, like the Boros, for example, like the Wojak League, and, and then we have, like, even the names themselves, Orzhov, they're, they're very Eastern European sounding, very much like from Czechoslovakia, and so not really sure if Grimbley is necessarily the most slavic sounding name but you know i i guess maybe ravnica is just so big that perhaps they don't necessarily need to adhere to that but it did take me out of the narrative a little bit because it was unexpected i I didn't suffer from that qualm Mm. like i didn't i didn't feel that because i I think like names of characters especially these these less important characters to the the canon are, are a great place for the author to put their own sort of of spice and flavor into it. Get some diversity in the naming conventions as well. Yeah. Yeah, it's just it's a departure from the world building guide that I've generally seen Ravnica as as a plane that has been historically speaking uh, been very slavic in inspiration and tone. I don't think most most readers though are are going to pick up on that. Yeah. But that's why you've got me. So uh, <laughs> I guess <laughs> today it was announced on the today being Thursday on the show that there would be one of these for each guild. So we get to look forward to uh, more vignettes focusing on each one of the guilds. One one question. Do you think that the 
the story behind the story spotlight cards are going to be uh, given when their respective guild comes up. I do not. I actually believe that they will be part of the book, okay. not part of these vignettes. Yeah. And, and the book comes after the vignettes. Yes. Early next year. Early next year. April something. Something, something. Okay. Yeah, I think it comes out after Alliances releases. Allegiances? Allegiances. Yeah. <laughs> alliances. Guys, we're going back in time <laughs> to Alliances. <laughs> oh, God. I hope you're ready for some bad drafting. <laughs> oh, no. Please, no. <laughs> I, I choose Miss Miss Snuffles to or Lady Snuffles for my alliance. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I'm I'm really looking forward to um, seeing what happens next. And I mean, are we are we doing like five at one time, and then when we when we go to allegiances, the next five will come out? Because uh, either way, I'm just like Orzhov. I want yeah, to know what's going on. We have to wait a little bit for Orzhov, unfortunately, because because we were remember we were left hanging uh, when when Uncle Karlov sabotaged Tasa's plan. So. We'll just have to see what happens. Gosh darn it, Uncle Karlov. You always ruin the fun. Yeah, he's just a big party pooper. Well, that would make sense, right? Because we get five Guilds of Ravnica stories that are all snapshots of what life is like for the ra- the rank and file of the Ravnica. You know, Ravnik- Ravnikans. Rav- yeah, Ravnikans. Uh, Nikki is also doing the story for Allegiances. So yes. that would totally make sense. Mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to the to magic story for the next nine episodes. Oh, that, yeah. No, that this is going to be good. Well, we have a new sponsor. Apparently, somebody in House Demir was listening to our episode last week because we had talked about what kind of products there would be to help stop unwanted mission briefing link, uh, leaks. We got a little some something in the mail, and we're excited to showcase a product. That's- yeah, it's, it's another VHS tape. It smells a lot like wet cement, and I don't know how they did that. But yeah, luckily I still have a VHS player. So guys, did I get these in right? Yeah, I think he, yeah. Oh no, that's Wait, either what? no, it's the other way, other no. way, either I, way. I can't hear you. Uh, God, no, but, uh, no, hey. uh. Do you blurt out thought strings at inopportune times? Do you have poor sphincter control for your shimmering secrets? There's no reason to be ashamed anymore. From the makers of surveillance spy bugs and super concentrated concentration elixir comes a product aimed for those house demir first years who can't seem to control their mission streams. Mission briefing plugs! Finally, no more embarrassing leaks and subsequent lost memories. If you're a House Demir agent who has a problem with mission continence, mission briefing plugs are the solution made just for you. Just ask Senko, newly appointed House Demir agent. Senko, how have the plugs worked for you? What? I said, how have the plugs been working for you? What? Wait, my nose is blue. Ugh, for the love of Lazav, take the plugs out, Senko, I'm talking to you. Oh, oh, the plugs have been a godsend. Now I can go anywhere without fear or worry that missions will spill out of my ears, saving me the shame and humiliation of my peers. My superiors love it. No more urgent early morning neutralizing calls because someone couldn't handle their briefings. Well, there you have it. Thanks, Senko. Now here's a statement from one of the head designers of Mission Briefing Plugs. Mr. No One in Particular. Don't worry about who. We designed this product product for new agents. Nothing, Nothing is, is more, more important, important to us than their, their quiet, quiet successes, successes and the secrecy of House Demir missions. 
If you order now, you'll also receive Mission Nose Pinchers, Mission Pacifiers, and Mission Depends. Don't wait. Order now. Oh, God. It... It, it, Bob, it exploded again. It happens. Every single time. Why a VHS tape? Okay, the plumes are forming the House Demir sign. Yes, we know. It's from House Demir. Can someone just give me the vacuum cleaner? The worst part is we have to go find a new VCR every God time this damn. happens. <laughs> yeah, I know. This is <laughs> you know how hard these things are to find in this day and age? I know. It's just, ah. Uh, okay. We're not all planeswalkers, Rel. It's on fire. <laughs> but I do like the classy <laughs> touch of the smoke leaking out of the VCR into the shape of that spider eye. I yeah. think that's just really professional. Yeah. And they you got know, their branding on You know point. what's not professional? Me having to put out this fire again. Yeah. I'm just going to uh, put this in the corner. Okay. So, plugs, that is a thing that the Demir have. And maybe you should go get one because they are super keen to get their plugs into you. The Demir are all about practicality. And plugs. But (laughs) But they're still going to get their message across. I took mine out and I kind of left a pile of Demir messages on Michelle's floor. And and gifted and talented (laughs) babies. Yes. Yes, if you want, we can actually, I believe there is a gifted and talented program with the Demir it's like St. Lazav's home for the gifted and talented. Um, oh, you mean Aunt Bays? Yeah, yeah Aunt Bays. Yeah, sorry, Aunt Bays. It's an institute. It's in upstate New York. There's a lot of kids there. They do a lot of really great work. Sometimes they go around the world, you know, saving people, but always in a private jet. Yeah, in a private jet. It comes yeah. out from underneath the, the basketball black field. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. So um, anyway, <laughs> Bob, why don't you walk us through your experience of GP Mexico? Oh man, GP Mexico was awesome. I highly recommend if you ever get the chance to travel for for magic, do so. Because you're going to meet a lot of really cool people. Communication can be a little hard. but Because um, it was the first week of this draft format, too. So It, it was the first week. I also don't speak Spanish. No se habla español? No se. No se. I can order churros now. Please order a churro. Uno orden de churro okay. con chocolate dip. <laughs> okay. that is, that, that's how I ordered churros at El Moro's. Lo siento, <laughs> no. uh, but no, it was great. Like, there's a lot of great magic to be played. I found playing in Spanish, I was at a disadvantage, but all my opponents and all the judges were patient with me. That's the word I'm going to use. Um, and it worked out. I had a lot of great magic. I saw a lot of really cool cosplay, including a. Um, uh, Liliana Queen. Yes, Queen. Um, or, si, Reina, si. <laughs> it was great. Uh, there was also a Nicol Bolas cosplay with full extending wings. Oh. Uh, so good. Magnifico. Oh, wow. Side events. Awesome. Great place to meet people and do silly things like cast Niv-Mizzet in your in your three-color deck. <laughs> what? You're not supposed to be able to do that. I was splashing blue for Niv-Mizzet in a Boros <laughs> deck. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> By the other hand, that's a very easy thing to do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I'm sorry. I've run out of Spanish. I don't speak Spanish terribly well <laughs> either. But Extra value if they ever try to counter your Niv-Mizzet. That's, that's awesome. That's really funny. Okay. It worked out. I went undefeated. Yes. I cast Niv-Mizzet twice. Oh, that's awesome. I mean, we're going to be going to a couple of GPs soon. I know that you're going to Denver this weekend. Yeah, it's going to be super hot. I'm, I'm going with Kizzy and Carlo. Uh, we are a unit. 
And uh, Yosha's going to be there. Yosha's going to be playing with my friends. And this is a limited format, is that right? It's yeah, team it's team, team Sealed. That is really the best. Oh, I'm kind of jealous. I, I played Team Sealed Ravnica, Return to Ravnica, in San Jose. And I, that was my favorite way to play this set. Because then you get incredibly strong guild decks. It's just uh, super yeah. fun and flavorful. Yes, we got to play practice practice team sealed last night with uh, nine other people, three other teams, and we learned a lot about our communication skills. And we built three very viable decks. I played a Selesnia deck that was surprisingly powerful. Carlo played a Demir deck, which was very low low to the curve and had a, a bunch of bounce, so it was more like a Demir tempo deck. Flashing in Whisper Agents to Surveil is just an incredibly powerful effect. Oh, man. And then a Kizzy played an Izzet deck, which was not surprisingly... You mean a Kizzet deck. A, a Kizzet deck, <laughs> which was not not surprisingly that on the first draft of it, it, it didn't seem like there was a clear purpose or a clear strategy behind the deck. And that, it's, you know, for, for Izzet decks, that's... That that's just a staple of of is it? <laughs> what is what is even happening here? Yeah. <laughs> what is it? Wait, what was it? What was it? What is it? Oh, it's Kizit. It's Kizit. Ah. But we we learned a lot about the format. I'm really excited to bash face in in Denver should the opportunity present itself. But also, uh, like Denver is a really cool place to to visit and play Magic in as well. Definitely, it is an interesting format. I've been enjoying it on Arena, and I'm happy for that program. It seems like it's going to be. I would guess it has to be coming a success. It seems very impressive from my vantage point. I've never enjoyed Magic the Gathering online. I just don't play that. But I find Arena is a delight. And um, I've had eerily good success so far in the competitive draft. And my current deck has five Whispers in it. Four Whisper Agents and one Doom Whisperer. The six. Ooh. <laughs> That's the most whispery of all the yeah, Whisperers. And I, I had a, a Snitch. So whenever I oh sur- so 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 wait when, when you surveil with it do you get 150 points and your team wins the Quidditch <laughs> the Quidditch bowl and then you know then you're carried off the pitch with your teammates to go drink some butterbeer at the three broomsticks. Shay's really beatering this one, isn't she? <laughs> Basically, because I had the Doom Whisperer out, and whenever I surveilled two, I cost me two life, but the Snitch gave me one life back, so it only cost me one life to surveil two, and it was just beautiful. Fantastic. I love it when the little avatars explode and they leave like scorch marks on, on the battlefield. Yes. What avatar is everyone here? Well, I am Liliana. Well, that I mean, goes without saying. Justin, how about you? What, what are my options? Your options? I think I'm like the last Magic player on Earth who hasn't downloaded what? Magic Arena. I know. Well, you've been busy practicing, I assume, and doing a lot of things. But so you, you have all the major planeswalkers, and you they're mainly planeswalkers. Yeah, so you have the Gatewatch. Plus the planeswalkers from Core. You could be Vivian Reed. Okay. I'm totally Vivian Reed. You can't be Nicol Bolas, though, which is unfortunate. That's all right. It's probably the mono, most mono green thing about me is uh, my, my Vivian Reed impression. <laughs> <laughs> my opponent is like, you're playing a Grixis deck, but, but your avatar is Vivian Reed. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, what was really, really kind of sad was um, I was playing on Arena the other day, and the uh, opponent I was playing, they're tag name was Mufasa Dies. Oh. oh and they I were playing. The two. And they were and they were Vivian Reed and I was like, 
No, is Mufasa in the Ark bow now? Like, did she kill him? It wasn't Scar after all. She killed him, and now Mufasa's permanently stuck in the Ark bow. <laughs> Sat- wow. sovereign. That yes. must have been shocking. You're like, am I being personally called out here? Yeah, no. I was also just like, wow, spoilers. There are children playing on arena. Children who have not yet seen Lion King. And, and gosh, I mean. Simba. Remember who you are. Because I only have a limited number of time. And then she has to pull the bow and choose me again. And I will speak to you again. You are remember my son. who you are. <laughs> I, I think. No, I'm really big because she's casting Jaikro. <laughs> Ghost Mufasa in the sky definitely did come from the Arkbow. <laughs> yes, yes, I think so. So I am Jaya Ballard, and I'm happy. I'm, I'm the old and crusty pyromancer. He's just tired of these young whippersnappers. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, Lily's not very young. Just saying. But who are, what's your avatar? On? I'm an adorable kitty. Oh, you're a Johnny? I'm a Johnny. You're a Johnny. Wow. Wow. I'm a little sad that all of his stuff is, is just straight, like, normal sounding, you know, words instead of, like, a weird meow lisp. Because look at the shape of his mouth. I am a Johnny Goldbrain. <laughs> you want to be Meow. <laughs> <laughs> It's you true. shouldn't go to I wouldn't me out. <laughs> you need to you for a voice actor. Bob. <laughs> is, is, is that what a Johnny says when he's active on the battlefield? I actually don't have an Johnny. Does he lecture you they, about? Let's see. I think they only actually speak once you select them. Yeah, you have to when you select them. I, I when I discovered that this was a thing, I legit spent 15 minutes like going through everyone's voice options it was amazing and i was really happy and i love that jace is back to ixel on jace and he makes me happy and lilian is great and everyone's great they speak when you cast them too yeah when, when you stuff. actually yeah, then they, yeah no then they i like when uh when i was casting to fairy um there was <laughs> there was actually a point where i was like oh god finally i've got to fairy maybe he can save me and then he comes onto the board and he's like sorry i'm late and i'm like yeah you bet you are you bet you are boy go and tap me some lands <laughs> so that was a lot of fun and um speaking of planeswalkers we did get a little bit of a spoiler so if you don't want a potential spoiler for allegiances this is your warning point. No idea what Get this is going now. to be. Get, Get out now. Are you Get being serious, Michelle? I am being serious. So right. R&D was streaming a couple of days ago, and they let slip that a certain <gasps> Vidalcan planeswalker what? could be coming to Ravnica. Mr. Bond? Yes. Oh my goodness. Yes. Mr. Bond seems like he is going to be taking that sabbatical in order to take care of things for the Azorius in Isperia's absence. Well, not so much absence, like she's there. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, if Demir has mission briefing plugs, then why can't the Azorius have power plugs to fill power vacuums at the top of their hierarchy? Yes. So if I remember correctly, Dovin Bond worked under kind of Tezzeret. Like, he was... Tezzeret's... Not worked under him, but Tezzeret... He's a little hench. Treated him a, like a, a marionette. Uh, he, he was more of a colleague. So, th- th- this is how it went down. So, Tezzeret was the Gordon Ramsay crazy kitchen nightmares guy of, of Kaladesh. And he was off heading up the artificers of the plane. Whereas, Dovin Bond is, is very firmly, like, the governing 
class of 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 Kaladesh, and so they were definitely more like colleagues. Were they they were like consulates, right? Yeah, the- con- he was a consulate person, and um, even though Tezzeret was also part of the consulate, he was there in a different capacity, which is to, you know, namely yell at artificers and tell them that they are idiot sandwiches. So, <laughs> <it's>, uh, <laughs> so Dovin Baum, on the other hand, you know what was what I found very interesting about him is that he during the events of Kaladesh, you know, was definitely, like, not super happy about the Gatewatch being there. But he was also very much, you know, a man, or or a Vidalkin of his word when it came to the letter of the law. When, gosh, what was his name? The guy that, the the burnt-up dude who kept coming after... uh, Baral. Baral. When he came after Chandra. Mr. Stormfather himself? Mr. Stormlord. Yeah, Mr. Stormlord. He is super, super broken in Brawl. Um, He's also super banned. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Get um, out of here, Brawl. No Brawl and Brawl. But remember, he actually like arrested Brawl for violating a ton of rules and coming after Chandra when it was clearly not his case or like responsibility to do so. So that's what was very interesting about Devin Bond being there. I'm very intrigued as to how and why Nicobolus lured Dovin Bon into taking over the situation. But then again, when you think about it, I mean, Dovin Bon loves rules and he loves laws and he loves putting things in order. Sabotaging equipment. Remember the first time we ever saw him, he walks into Jace's sanctum on Ravnica and like readjusts various paintings and whatnot so that they're actually straight. You know, it's that kind of a personality type. And once the Gatewatch defined that they were only interested in extra planner threats, then he happily accepted that qualification. It's like, well, we clearly don't have any of those problems here in Kaladesh, so yep. I do. Makes sense. And then he was like, what, you're here now? <laughs> so Dovin Bond, very interesting character. I can definitely see him, you know, being handed this as like a pet project by Nicol Bolas, but it's hard for me to really get on board with Dovin Bond actually being on Nicol Bolas's side once he actually knows who Nicol Bolas is. But Nicol Bolas is also very manipulative, as we have seen, um, especially when he appears in pregnant lady form. So With all that glitter. Yeah, with all the glitter. I would be bedazzled out of my, my brain should he show up. He would be like, Hello, Justin, my favorite drag queen in the multiverse. I'm like, oh gosh, what do you want, Mr. Bolas? (laughs) I want you to perform for me when I make an entrance on Ravnica. Sure, sure, Mr. Bolas, anything for you. I mean, that's, I mean, that's no, just a little charm will just get you anywhere with. It's true. With with me, as far as I'm concerned. He just has to bat those large dragon eyes at you. And I just melt all over the yeah. floor. <laughs> would, yeah. Better that than actually. Yeah, yeah. Liter- I was about to say, like, oh, wait, are you sure you're not literally being melted by a <laughs> Probably. <laughs> but, yeah, I can't imagine that Dovin Bond will actually be on Polis's side once he figures out, like, who Nicobolus is. So that will be very interesting. Don't you think it'd be under wraps for a minute? Perhaps, you know, Tezzeret alerts him that, hey, there's a power vacuum that you can plug up over on Ravnica on top of the Azorius. And Dovin Bonner is like, well, that's, that's kind of my thing. Sure, okay. And he just comes in and then takes Asperia's place and 
I'll call yeah. it a day. Well, maybe he's just there as like a patch-up job. Like he's coming in as a consultant. You know, they, they called Trauma and Bond and Bond picks up and he's like, well, I've got, you know, I'm, I'm, I, I'd like you to take on this uh, particular case and it's pretty convoluted and no one else in the multiverse is going to be able to understand this level of complexity with the law, especially now that Azor no longer has his spark and is on an island. Useless island. Useless island. Um, coconuts. <laughs> so, yeah, no, I think it makes a lot of sense for him to be lured over there like that. But yeah, I, I think that once he figures out what the game plan is, I, I think that law mage is going to be pretty upset. Did they did they disclose anything about a certain Orzhov planeswalker? No, no. It, that was the only name that got slipped out. Oh. Frankly, I am excited to see Dovin Bond again. I hope he comes back more powerful and relevant. I'm not really <laughs> excited. I'm not really excited to see, to see <laughs> I, I think it is interesting to, to think about the way that Nicola Wallace would manipulate these characters, right? Because there's, there's a point at which, like, you can't argue with Nicola Bolas. It, <laughs> it is tough to argue with, though. Like, oh, you disagree with me? Poof. I, I mean, he is powerful, but is he... More powerful that yes he is. Never it's mind. Hard. He's super I mean, if powerful. If you're in a one-on-one meeting with the, the big daddy B, it's it's tough to um, have a good bargaining position. I would say that Nicol Bolas is single-handedly the strongest character currently in the multiverse, as far as we know. Mm. But if you get like like just, one-on-one, right? Like by strongest, you mean most powerful? Yes. Yeah, he would. He is the current big heel, and I I don't think that it, it's going to take a lot of. It's going to take the Multiverse Justice League to yeah. come together. We do need the full team in order to have a good... Uh, yeah, we need we need more than just Wonder Woman and Aquaman. We're going to need like the Teen Titans. We're going to need the the Dark Justice League. Um, I'm going to stop. The Planeteers. <laughs> the Powerpuff Girls. Yeah. <laughs> who is, who is the o- Thundercats? Ugin. Who is Ugin? Is he the Thundercats? No, 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 no. This is an addition to everything Ugin's else. Dead. Ugin's dad. Ghost Rider. Ugin, ghost is, Ugin dead. is totally Ghost Rider. Oh my goodness. That is such a good call out. I, is it though? He's like, Look a, at what I can do. Oh, God. No, I'm just imagining I can Nicholas. set my head on fire. Oh, but it's not really on fire. I'm Ugin and I'm a ghost. I'm well, also Nicholas Cage. you know that Ugin is actually Angrath? Together? <laughs> like. Ugin's been like possessing this Minotaur's body and he's got this flame chain. Sure. Okay, now I'm just imagining Nicolas Cage playing Angrath, who is possessed by Ugin, who is also a ghostwriter. Oh, I can't. What? There's so many layers. What's your best? What's your they're going to go steal the guild pack. <laughs> what's your best Nicolas Cage impression, Michelle? I'm crazy, see? I don't know. Actually, I think it's just face off. Face just wriggling in every face direction. Oh. Off. <laughs> I, I can't really do a Nicolas Cage like impression like vocally. I can only make facial expressions that approximate the hamminess of Nicolas Cage. That that's what I was thinking too, which yeah. is why I asked you. Yeah, no, I, I can't actually yeah, Nicholas Ghost Rider Two is thing. hilarious. I love yeah, Ghost Rider Two, Ghosty Boogaloo. Definitely really quite good. But yes, no, I we're definitely gonna be seeing Ugin though again, right? Because he is the the brother of, of Bolas. So I think we're going to see a lot of characters come up in this novel. Cause I just think that there's, there's so much story out there that needs to, to kind of wind in. Right. Cause we've been promised yeah. the end, the end of the, the, the gate watch story is coming. 
with whatever comes after uh, Allegiance. Yeah. Allegiances? Allegiance. 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 Yeah. And there's just, there's so many stories they have to tie up. Whether it's, it's Ugin, it's, you know. Liliana. Shipping Jason Vraska. It's. Yeah. Um, it's, it's Gideon and the fact that he doesn't have a whippy thing anymore. Gideon's going to die. So I actually think Liliana might die. I think become a lich, maybe. But anyway, speaking yes. of liches, Jay and Ellie did get a position checking these stories for continuity. Hopefully, we'll not no longer be seeing any basic wow. tutu zombie liches. Congratulations, Jay. Yeah, congrats, Jay. Now we know who to talk to. Yeah. If we see some of you this, you better watch out. Michelle's coming for you on Twitter. No, it's no, it's not threatening or not threatening anybody. But we're watching you. <laughs> what you mean you're great and we like you a lot yeah. and congratulations well, and that's you know, awesome michelle's a demir agent what she's watching you didn't even know it every step you take every, every move, move you, you make, make every single story episode that comes out we'll be watching you yeah it, the demir soundtrack must be nothing but like police and like other stalkery sounds, softy synth sounds from the eighties. Oh, can't you see? Never gonna get also. You. Uh, <laughs> we do want to mention that there are four of us, but there's actually a. Speaking of hidden secret mission members, uh, Yosh is our sound editor, so we wanted to thank him, and also he had an interesting insight that we missed about uh, the Thousand Year Storms. Justin, you want to relay that? There is a tie that Yosh noticed between the Thousand Year Storm card and Project Lightning Bug back in one of the previous Ravnica stories where Niv-Mizzet was trying to figure out if there were really such things as planeswalkers. And uh, Rao sabotages his research. And that essentially, if I got it correctly, is... I thought Niv-Mizzet assigned it to Rao, no, no, not no. knowing that he was a planeswalker himself. Oh, well, he assigned that particular thing, but then but then Rao, I believe, has been like working on his own project for Jace. Um, and that's how Project Lightning Bug came around. In fact, Project Lightning Bug was a project assigned to Rao by Niv-Mizzet to figure out why the Living Guild Pact disappeared and re- reappeared and where he went. And Rao, having kept his planeswalking ability secret from Niv-Mizzet, was afraid that, you know... He would either destroy Nimizit, drive him crazy with jealousy, or that he would go on a rage and tear them apart, him and Jace and any other planeswalker he could find, to figure out what was going on or to learn how to get a spark himself or something. And so wanted to hide this and enlisted Jace's help to screw up the research so that Nimizit would kind of call off the project and be like, oh, this is totally pointless. So my guess is that now that Rao is in charge of the Mizzet, he's resurrected this project and set up sort of a warning system for planeswalkers so he has some idea what's going on. And so when Bolas has some invasion of all these planeswalkers coming to town, this giant storm goes off. That's a big sign of the pending invasion. Dun, dun, dun. But what if Niv-Mizzet sparked? Then that's why he's gone. Oh, I don't think Niv-Mizzet has a spark. Oh, he's got sparks, honey. They just don't <laughs> allow him to travel planes. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he just, if he rubs his, his dragon-like head on a piece of flint, then he, then he generates a spark. They're just lightning sparks. That's true, too. All right. Well, that is going to do it for this episode of The Lorgoyfs. I'm one of your hosts, Justin. I'm Michelle. I'm A.E. And I'm Bob. And you can find us 
at Twitter. Lorgoifs. And you can email us at lorgoif at gmail.com. And also, we do have stickers at Card Kingdom, so if you do put it in an order, you can ask for a sticker from the Lorgoifs, and they will give you one. And again, thank you to our wonderful patrons. We'll be sending out those foil cards tonight. Yes. And right right now. Right right now. Lady actually- Snuffles is in her post-woman uniform, and she is going to the mailbox with the mail. <laughs> Lady Snuffles is mouth. Michelle's cat. <laughs> also, don't forget that our one and only Michelle is competing in the chalice. Oh, yes. And I believe that there, at the time of posting, there will still be a few days where you could donate and help her. I am um, I am raising money for the big brothers and big sisters of Puget Sound. So if you want to both help out these amazing kids and also help me beat up everybody else in this darn tournament, please consider donating uh, to my uh, chalice page. I will be pinning it to my Twitter, which is at Balefire Strix. So uh, please stop by and see if you can maybe throw in a couple of bucks. We're also going to put it all over the Lorgoif's Twitter. Yeah, we're also going to put that there too. So yeah, please consider supporting me. And then tune in when Card Kingdom hosts it because it's going to be a great party. I may wear a costume. We have not decided what that costume is yet, but I may wear a costume. And join us next week for the next installment of Ravnica's Story. And uh, we'll catch you next time. Catch you next. Oh, wait. There's another VHS under the door. Oh, God damn it. Don't. No. No. Don't. Don't. No. 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 Do you blurt out thought strings at inopportune times? Do you... <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, I thought that would be a really funny noise. <laughs> All right, I'm going to take you one more time. Lady yeah. Snuffles didn't draw blood, but she did. She, she nipped you. She did, she did nip me. Oh. It was a love nip. No snuffling into the microphone, my love. All right. No, not too close. Don't let your mic go flaccid. <laughs> My voice is so, so big and glorious. <laughs> oh god! There's just so much. So it's, excited. It's a girthy voice now. It's so it? girthy. <laughs> oh, Grimley, I missed you so much. It's like silk curtains wafting, like in an '80s music video. <laughs> oh, oh Grimley, <laughs> and I need you now. It's nice. Oh, young Minotaur love. <laughs> so horny. <laughs> so horny. <laughs> Did that get picked up? Yeah. Okay.